So this week marks the beginning of the second book of Torah, Parashat Shemot, first portion of the book of Exodus. And usually when we think about the story of the Exodus, we think about the big names, Moses, Aaron, or Miriam, Pharaoh, or the big moments, parting the Red Sea, the 10 plagues, the revelation at Mount Sinai. I want to focus tonight on part of the story that doesn't always get told. Before we ever hear about Moses, we learn that the new Pharaoh, the one who does not know Joseph, is afraid of the Israelite people as they grow numerous and strong. He declares that all Israelite sons should be killed during childbirth, and he makes that declaration to two very important women, Shifra and Pua, midwives to the Israelites. Now, I have met many a Shifra in my day. I've never met a Pua. I wonder why. <laughs> the text is ambiguous about if these two women are even Israelites themselves or if they simply are there to help them in childbirth. It would have been easy for them to give in to Pharaoh, to fear for their own lives, their own safety, before standing up for the lives and safety of others, maybe even of a people that was not their own. Instead, they engage in the very radical act of protest. They leave Pharaoh's palace and they let the babies live. When Pharaoh calls them back and asks them what's going on, they tell him, well, the Israelite women are just really good at having babies. They're so quick, by the time we get there, the babies are already born, and you know, we couldn't do anything to them then. Shifra and Pua, they find a way to defy Pharaoh's injustice, even when it has been written into law, even when they are face to face with him, at the very seat of his power. This weekend, we are celebrating the life and legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He has been characterized by many as a modern day Moses. And in so many ways, he was. He led a people. He led an entire nation in a journey toward a promised land of equality, justice and peace. Like Moses, he learned to use his voice. His words continue to resonate so strongly in this day and age, the Torah of the civil rights movement. But Dr. King was also like Shifra and Pua. He understood that to create justice in the world, he would have to show others how to defy unjust power. He would have to stand against the pharaohs of racism and oppression. He did not just speak. He took action, time after time, even when that action led to his injury or imprisonment. And even from jail, he called others to action. Action guided by the faith that what he and others did, though it looked disruptive and messy, was in partnership with God, serving a higher purpose. 
Dr. King taught us how important it is when we witness injustice to not sit on the sidelines and hope for a miracle, but to stand up and do something about it. He believed that the road to freedom required that we get up and march rather than simply hope God would show up to set us free. One of the many times that Dr. King was arrested, he wrote a letter from his jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama, in April of 1963. He was trying to help white people understand that their passivity was equivalent to the active harm of others. He wrote, human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless effort of men willing to be co-workers with God. We must use time creatively in the knowledge that the time is always ripe to do right. The time is always ripe to do right. That is what Dr. King taught us. And it remains true today because there are still a lot of not-so-right things in the world. And just because the people who came before us, like Dr. King, did a lot of that work for us, it doesn't mean that we are exempt from doing it ourselves. This Monday is the day our country officially recognizes the great Dr. King, five days after what would have been his 91st birthday. And this Wednesday is my grandfather's yard site, the fourth anniversary of his death. As you know, many of you, my grandfather was a rabbi. He was born in 1924. During the civil rights era, he lived and worked in New York. And in June of 1964, at the age of 40, my grandfather left his wife and three daughters including my seven-year-old mother, and made the trip from his home in Long Island to St. Augustine, Florida, where he was arrested, along with 15 other rabbis, for sitting in peaceful protest with black men and women at a segregated lunch counter. This was in response to Dr. King's direct request that the Jewish community stand with the black community in their own quest for freedom. From his jail cell in Florida, my grandfather wrote, we came because we realized that injustice in St. Augustine, as anywhere else, diminishes the humanity of each of us. We came because we could not stand silently by our brother's blood. We came because we know that second only to silence, the greatest danger to man is loss of faith in man's capacity to act. I am very proud of my grandfather for many reasons, but I cannot let my pride for another generation keep me from doing that same work in my own life. Imagine where we would be if Dr. King was satisfied with the work of a previous generation. Imagine where we would be if Shifra and Pua had done the same. There would be no future generations at all. In 1964, 
When my grandfather was arrested, it was the largest mass arrest of rabbis in American history. And since then, there has been a larger one. Dr. King showed us, like Shifra and Pua, how to stand against the powerful pharaohs of this world. His work and the work of those who stood with him have brought us far. But he, like Moses, would not reach the promised land, nor have we. The pharaohs of racism still live. The pharaohs of poverty still live. The pharaohs of hatred and injustice and abuse of the downtrodden by the powerful still live. And while they live, there is work to be done. The time is always ripe to do right. To be called to fight such injustice is a scary business. We may think to ourselves, as Moses did, me anochi, who am I? Who am I to be a Shifra or a Pua, to be a Moses, to walk in the footsteps of Dr. King? But they too were scared. The Torah tells us this week that as Moses encounters God in the burning bush, he hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The battles for goodness in this world are worthy not because we face them without fear, but because we face them in spite of it. Moses was not ready to see God's face that day, but he was ready to answer God's call. He, like Shifra, like Pua, like Dr. King, like my grandfather, was ready to stand for the voice of the moral heart of the universe, afraid but resolute. That same voice continues to call to us now, in our day, to set aside what we think we may know about ourselves and others, about our own capacity, and act on behalf of freedom from injustice. It calls us to lay our own comfort on the line and stand up for goodness despite our own fears. It calls us to march our own generation inch by hard one inch closer to the promised land we may or may not see. I pray, I pray that we will answer. Oh, let us turn our thoughts today to Martin Luther King And recognize that there are ties between us All men and women living on the earth Ties of hope and love, of sister and brotherhood 